The Apparel Report is everything you need to know about the world of fashion design, from ideas to promotion, prototyping to production. Expect to discover fresh insights, new findings, and to meet the makers. It's all the latest news from the most exciting studios, makers, and agents in South Africa. Tanya Oakham, welcome to the Apparel Report. So glad you've chosen to join us and to come shed some light on SA Cotton. And before we jump into our regular questions, would you like to tell us a little bit about who you are? Uh, good day, Derek, and to all our listeners. It's an absolute honor to be part of this Apparel Report program today, and I'm looking forward to sharing some insight of the industry. But before we get there, I'm an independent communications consultant for Cotton SA. I've got my own communication agency, and I have been involved in the, the Cotton and the cluster program for, for four years. And through that, I, with my passion and my love for the industry, I have become the official spokesperson um, for South African cotton. Awesome. We love passion and we love commitment to creating and creating awareness of our local textile and design industry. So having someone like you on board pushing SA Cotton is really inspiring. So Tanya, tell me, how critical is the African apparel industry to you? Um, Derek, the African apparel industry is not only uh, important to cotton South Africa, it's also important to South Africa as a whole. If you look at um, the apparel industry, it starts at farm. Working through a, a value chain from farm to fashion, you address all levels of expertise, you provide many job opportunities, and you... Mm provide um, this place for every type of skill. So it's, um, it's such a complicated, integrated um, process. For many of the consumers and the end users, um, they see this as either a denim or a T-shirt, but all of this actually starts with a seed in the sand. Do you think many people realize the importance of that, that seed in sand relationship? No, I, I, I don't think so. If I, if I look at um, the role that farming and the farmers play in the bigger um, framework of a textile and apparel pipeline or reference group, there's a lot of uninformed perceptions. Luckily, with our new younger generation, there's a huge focus on sustainability mm. and, and sourcing the right stuff. So if you look at even the basic um, textile your clothing is made of, um, what do you choose? Do you choose a natural fiber or do you choose a man-made synthetic? And then focusing on, on the natural, we go back to the farmer. So, so continuously in the way we think, in the way we purchase, and then the way we, even in a fashion industry for designers, what do they use when they design the, their items? And what is the impact that this has right through the value? And then again, going back to the environment, the economy, um, and the people. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. And I know, with, you know, with farming and obviously a natural fiber, it's so reliant on nature. And, and the weather and droughts and so on. So your yield is always going to change. The, how many tons of cotton can we produce in South Africa? We've got the, the capability of um, producing more than 300,000 tons of cotton. Um, if we look at our um, farmland, the availability of our farmland, we mm. have not reached that capacity. And even if we, we reach full farming 
capacity, we will still not be able to to produce all the cotton that the retailers in South Africa need. Um, wow. We, through a government intervention program um, that started in 2014, well, cotton SA was at the at the point where they were were going to close their doors because the industry was so small, and this really? had a lot to do about with the imports. Um, and fast fashion and um so when we look at the farming in south africa of cotton what is our capacity to produce um derek before i get to the capacity part i'd I'd like to just indicate where we produce cotton yes that would be nice yeah so one of the myths in in the global industry is that cotton is a is a very thirsty plant and it's um it uses a lot of water so, in actual fact, in South Africa, um, we produce cotton, more than 60% of our cotton is produced on dry land farming, which means that no additional agriculture or, 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 or um, water irrigation is needed uh, to feed the cotton. In the areas where we do use um, irrigation, it's used very limited and sparsely. So, so going back to your, your bigger question of, of how much can we produce or how much do we produce, um, because of the climate and the drought conditions in South Africa, we have the, the ability to produce um, up to 300,000 bales of cotton lint um, conservatively. Okay. We've, not, we've not reached that peak. Um, so cotton is produced in, in areas like the Northern Cape, Northwest, some areas in the free state, Limpopo, Mpumalanga, and, and then um, KZN. Okay. Um, so it's, so quite, some... it's quite a vast, a vast area we, we cover through, through cotton. And for some of the farms in the very drought um, areas, if we go to Northern Cape and the drier areas of Limpopo, these farmers are very dependent on cotton because that's the only crop that they um, sustainably can produce because of the drought and the okay um, interesting in, in those areas yes that's interesting so now if we if we look at the product coming out the actual cotton itself we know about Belgium linen and we know about Egyptian cotton what is the quality of the the actual product that we produce in South Africa the quality is determined through um, a laboratorium we've got a cotton essay. So quality, cotton is sold based on quality, bale by bale, and that the quality you get will differ from the area you plant and the seed you plant. If we make a sweeping statement, um, which is a very dangerous statement, we've got very high quality cotton in South Africa. Um, to that level, we, we have to export our cotton. So approximately 80% of the cotton is exported with um, 20% used locally, while the local spinners then um, also import 80% of the cotton. So uh, this is because of the specific demand from from the the retailer and the fabric manufacturer. So for every um, type of fabric you're looking at, you need a different quality of fiber. I, I always say quality is a is um, what do you want to drive? Do you want to drive at BMW and that's your market? Then that's your quality. Do you want to drive a a, a, a mini? Then that's your quality. So mm. so the what you need as a as a spinner 
to meet the demand of your textile uh, manufacturer will determine what quality is for you. Right. So for for something like Egyptian linen, it's it's next level quality. It's long staple lengths. It's something that is very niche market um, that we won't be able to produce in South Africa. If you're looking at something like a like a denim or um, even a tablecloth PPE, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a shorter, coarser type of, of fiber. So um, the cotton fiber is graded on five lengths, which is very technical, or five parameters. Uh, of which length is one of them. Um, I'm not gonna, going to confuse our audience with, with yeah. all that technical information. But um, to go back to the process, so you, you've got land preparation, you've got the planting process. This is very seasonal bound, um, which makes, makes your sourcing and your choice um, in your value chain complicated because you need to know what quality fiber you want for the specific garment you would want to put out um, on your shelves the, the next season. Yes. So moving backwards, we're looking at an 18-month planning process to identify what your fashion item is, um, what what fabric is required to make to to make this um, item from. Working that back into the type of yarn you need. Then going back into the type of the quality of the fiber, and then moving back to where do we find this type of cotton? Because even in South Africa, with a diverse climate, um, every hundred kilometers you get a different quality. Are there enough mills in the country to to produce the you know to to take up your your product and turn it into cloth? We've got seven gins, so that's. Um, in terms of logistical distance, there aren't mm. enough gins. The more cotton you have, the more gins you need. Um, okay. The more the more gins you have, the more farmers you get. So so the one stimulates the other one. Um, but this also goes about traveling distance. So for some areas that can plant cotton, don't plant cotton because there's not a gin close enough. Wow. The current gins can gin the current cotton um, that's produced in South Africa. Okay. Planning in this whole process, is government getting involved to like look and say like, okay, well, how can we develop this industry? How can we get more gins or how can we get more farmers planting cotton? How can we get more mills milling cotton? Do you think there's enough interaction between all the key parties? We in 2014 embarked with a with a cotton cluster program um, that was funded through the DTIC and the IDC. For an industry like cotton is coming to a point where the the cotton was so little, cotton production um, at farm level was so little that they couldn't sustain an industry and they had to make the choice of of closing the doors. For a farmer, it's giving up is never a choice. Um, there's no. a well-known African saying that says a boer market plan. Mm-hmm. And the farmers at Cotton SA, um, they definitely made the plan. They went, uh, grew up a, a funding proposal and um, reached out to other value chain stakeholders in the industry. Went to government and asked them to take hands and, and assist us to build the industry. It was a five-year funded intervention that created amazing stimulation in the industry. In 2019, we actually we, was at a point where we celebrated 
the growth of cotton production at farm level with 800% by sign of 2013. We acknowledge that there are various external factors that, that influence this. I mean, as you rightly said earlier, the climate and the weather plays a very big role in cotton production. But the confidence that was brought back to the farmers with retail, and at that stage, Mr. Price Group was the first retailer to put up their hand and to say, we'll sign up on this program. And to know that there's a difference in the way that things will happen and people coming together. Um, for the first time in history, and, and we we had the opportunity to present this program at the um, in Milan at the Textile Exchange, mm. where globally um, people w w would say, how do you get different role players that compete against each other to actually sit in one room? So after Mr. Price joined the program, we also had um, Woolworths and, and Edcon come on. Um, we had other, had other retailers that that played a, a smaller role, but the big ones um, that committed to, to this and took our hands and, and drove the program um, were Edcon at that stage, we unfortunately, we all know the, the Edcon story, mm -hmm. and, and then Woolworths. So working together, understanding the conversations around the table, because as I, I, I stated, this is such a complicated topic. To, to understand what happens uh, before you and after you. So as a retailer, you know your tier one supplier. You don't necessarily know your tier two supplier. And you very definitely have no idea what happens on the farm. No. So we had this amazing initiative. Um, for many of the, the merchandiser at a retail level, they get incentivized on price performance. It, it goes back to where can I buy this item at the most affordable price? We changed the way of thinking um, and with um, Noel Paulson, um, a very strong um, ambassador for the cotton program, she was at, at Edcon at that stage, realized they need to change the way people think. And we brought up to 50 people and we're traveling from Joburg to Marble Hall. It's about um, a two hours drive, getting mm -hmm. all these people in the bus and taking them to a cotton field and having them pick cotton yeah. with the, the, well, mostly women in, in mm -hmm. the cotton fields. And I'll come back to, to that now um, about the, the picking of cotton. And I deliberately did this like, like 12 o'clock when the sun is hot and you had a target of, um, for 15 minutes, how much cotton could you, you pick? Mm -hmm. And then you as a merchandiser go back and you think about there's a comma one cent between um, purchasing local and supporting that woman who used to mm -hmm. pick in the sun for 15 minutes picking cotton versus importing an item from overseas where you've got no idea who made that product, where it comes from, was it made by a child? Was it done by forced labor? And changing the way people think by taking them back to the, to the soil. If you mm -hmm. stand in a land and you feel the soil, you breathe the fresh air, you talk to the farmer, it changes the way in which you do business at the end of the day. I so agree with you. I so agree with you. And it really annoys me when you go into a store, for example, like a country road, and you see a very proudly Australian brand have yes. their have their stickers on 
Australian Merino, you know, Australian New Wool, the pride that they put on that product. And just to know that, you know, they're really sporting the industry. I just wish we would start to see proudly SA cotton on some of our products. You know, if you pick up a pair of Levi jeans made with proudly South African cotton, it would just be such a pat on the back for everyone. Yeah, I, I so agree with you. We, um, through South, uh, South Africa, this the Proudly South Africa campaign, um, which is also endorsed by government and the master plan, um, which, which Cotton SA is also a signature of that Of program. the master plan, yeah. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another area where government very definitely does play a role um, in, in, the, in the total industry. But the focus on the on the proudly South Africa is a manufacturing focus. Um, mm. So, so that's not going back to the to the source of this. If you import textiles and you have it manufactured in South Africa, it's a you it's a proudly South African product. Mm. To change the mind around that, Cotton SA has um, a trademark, a cotton trademark, uh, which, which is, it works on four levels. So it's, the one is a, is a pure cotton mark, even if you import cotton. And the other one is a blend mark. And then um, we have, in 2019, we launched what we call the, the green cotton mark. Mm-hmm. That says, um, this is South African um, supported cotton. So if you sign up, um, there is a fee payable. Um, it works. Mm-hmm. It, it's based on on your labels, your quantity, how you're going to use this. But with a with a with a green South African cotton mark, that gives you the confidence to say you are supporting a South, a South African farmer directly. So it's not about only it's made in South Africa. It's made in South Africa with cotton that is sourced in South Africa on a mass balance principle because vol- due to volumes, we can't do that 100%. Um, it's, we, can, mm. we, can, we can track it, um, unfortunately not through, through a hard systematical tracking system, but with the open discussions and the good relationships we have with other value chain industry players, if someone comes to me, to, and they apply for the use of the cotton mark. We monitor that to make sure um, where did you get your fabric from? Um, where was this? Where does the yarn come from to produce this fabric? And where was it sourced for, from? To be able to, with confidence, give the the customer at the end of the day the confidence to say, "Wow, I I am supporting a farmer, and this farmer is a, is from South Africa that I am supporting." Well, that's that's phenomenal. I think that's a great initiative. So if I was to wanting to produce a range, and if we go back to the master plan, mm. we, we look we look at the, the sway shui economy. So mm. say I wanted to produce my range and I wanted my green cotton label put on it. Would you be able to point me in the right direction to say, okay, that, that farmer's product is going to that mill that's going to there and that's where you can buy that from? Or is this something I've got to go and investigate myself? We, it will be a, a, a joint collaboration. Um, we we know um, where we in South Africa who buys uh, which of the mills um, buy what volume of cotton, and um, we also have an indication of the cotton that's imported, because okay. all the co- because we don't have sufficient cotton to run a hundred percent South African cotton um, 
pipeline at a mill, we accommodate an, a balance. So some of the cotton will be local and some of it will be in, imported. But yeah. as a gin, you at least, sorry, as a spinner, you at least have to use 20% of South African cotton in your in your spinning mill to be able to, to take the credit or, or you very have to have a very strict um, trail into that specific product. If it's Only to say, well, for this product, I've made sure that at least there's 20%. Only this, 20%? Yeah. Mm. Um, because of the capabilities and the capacity of our local okay. um, spinners. So the only okay. um, spinner that we are aware of that run 100% South African um, cotton spinning pipeline is in Mauritius. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So mm -hmm. we can through an, uh, and that's why we also, uh, we would like to do South African value chains, but the reality is to look at, at, well, at least Southern African and then, African value chains to at least stimulate the economy in, in Africa. We yeah. don't have all the resources and the capabilities to run all of this in South Africa. And there used to be 22 spinning mills in South Africa. Um, because of all the imports and the exports, we currently have four. It's four. tragic. Four. That is tragic. Because, I mean, that just shows you the amount of jobs that yeah. are lost. Jobs and, that and, are lost. And skills. What, and skills. I mean, the people that are, are we currently um, in the spinning malls, it's it's a science. Um, to me, that I keep on saying this every time I I visit a spinning mall, that to me is the most mind blowing experience. Um, you have a different perspective of a yarn of thread. Um, mm. it, it's it's science, and if you don't train people and maintain these opportunities, you lose a lot of critical, critical technical skills. Mm -hmm. So with four spinning molds in South Africa, with a, a management comp component of, of mid-year plus, mm -hmm. um, no expertise training facility in South Africa, we, we need to send people to India to learn these skills. Mm. And it, we, we lose our skills. And at the end, mm. we close down an industry because mm. of decisions that were taken to import very fast, very quick, very cheap products. Um, it amazes me that we can, we can buy, we can import clothes for cheaper than what, what the cost price level is to do that in South Africa. So I know, it's just crazy. It's just, it's so sad. And, you know, for me, that really gets me really upset is when the customer is doing that, the customer is buying a dress for under 200 rand, for example, and, and, and wearing it with pride. And you're like, how's that possible? How did that yeah. get to this country? You know, like, exactly. what, what did it cost to begin with? Well, hmm. we, we don't really know because um, we don't know where it comes from. Mm -hmm. We Very few countries have the strict labor laws that South Africa has. So for us, um, treating your people well, paying minimum wages, making sure that they they have good living conditions. Um, besides that, it's an ethical thing um, for mm -hmm. for majority of the farmers. It's very strictly um, managed through legislation. You won't be able to successfully run a business if you don't comply with with the minimum laws. Mm -hmm. So then you import something. Um, that is is made in a country that they 
children is allowed to to make clothes they they use forced labor um people work exorbitant hours the conditions mm -hmm. they work in government provides subsidy towards this um they don't have these huge um electricity problems so at the end of the day how do you compete in an international market our our customs import and export um was also identified through the master plan as a stumbling yes. block um illegal imports people not declaring goods so it it's such a complicated problem but the only people that can really make the difference is the end user i, mm -hmm. I um to me the consumer votes with their wallet you yeah. choose where you spend your money you choose what you buy and based on that the retailer puts what you want on on the shelf and i know that is easy um a, a easy emotional statement um for someone that barely has money to buy a, a loaf of bread True. um having to make the choice between a cheap label, label and a um a sustainable locally produced label is not as feasible mm -hmm. but everything we do we need to change the way we think um look at quality rather than cheap um there's so many recycle shops thrift shops um charity shops even change your behavior in in supporting those shops um supporting mm. supporting the individuals that that make the clothes in the smaller township areas um this there's, there's so many ways in which you can make the difference um being the individual not necessarily being the retail merchant um yeah it's about the choices we make i agree with you totally so what initiatives is sa cotton involving to help promote and create awareness within the industry <laughs> we have strong media partners that we work very closely with with media houses one of them is food for munanzi they mm -hmm. drive very strong educational programs as well um getting this level through to to the to the children in the school so starting at school level creating awareness on on the process of cotton well it starts with the seed and it ends as a garment all the, mm -hmm. the the areas in between we also work really close with the south african youth council um especially over youth month we go out and campaigns and drives for them giving them um awareness on the various job opportunities that's available in the in the in the whole industry um we've got the continuous discussions with our retail partners and we also um play a role in um we work very close with south african fashion week and with twig that's both are two huge fashion um ambassador companies mm. in south africa to promote the importance of natural fibers to the designers they work with so oh, that's we, fantastic for, for us at the end of the day the power lies in engagement strong relationships and taking hands to grow an industry alone none of us can can make a difference Agreed, and and totally. going, going back to the to the um, the fact that we had retailers and value chain stakeholders in one room regardless of their their competitiveness for them to say we sit yeah we acknowledge the the um the law and and not colluding and colluding on price fixing but in in conversations and 
using the same platforms and needing the same things? How can we together make the difference? And through that um, program in, in the five years, we had um, all these amazing celebrations. As I, as I stated, there was an 800% growth in the hectares of cotton planted. Um, there was more than one uh, uh, billion cotton lint output. Um, there were 1,840 farmers in that period trained on, on sustainable farming. Wow. We've got the, the first HVI um, lab, lab at the Cotton SA. Um, this has got an ACA Bremen Award, and um, that assists with a, with a cotton quality. And if you look at the ICAC's uh, stats, they work on, on five jobs um, for every ton of cotton produced. Wow. And if you, that's throughout the value chain. So that's right mm -hmm. through from, from farm to fashion, including logistics, transport, packaging, everything. If you've got 50,000 tons of cotton, which we produced in 2019, that is the equivalent of 250,000 jobs. Wow. Phenomenal. So, so going, going back to, to the impact that this whole um, textile and apparel um, industry brings to South Africa and the change it brings to South Africa, um, it's, it's not a, a one-man show. It's on, our, on the Cotton SA board, we also have representatives from farming. Then on, on gen level, we've got mm -hmm. the spinners. Um, we've got manufacturing broader, but in manufacturing, you can, you can break this down in textile manufacturers, um, dye, um, fashion, and, and garment, or yeah, the clothing and apparel manufacturers, and we've, we've got retail. So to make sure we've got representation through our value chain, we've also got, got um, labor sitting there mm -hmm. and being, being part of this process. So based on this amazing um, growth and this difference that was created in the five-year government program, we are in the process of compiling a new fund application. Um, so we, we are grateful for government to have um, set out new guidelines for funding applications. Um, these close at the end of March, so we will very definitely, our application will be on the table. And we acknowledge that there was a lot of, of learning in the, in the previous cycle. And um, through this, even when they created the master plan, the, the Cotton Cluster program was a very much a blueprint of what the bigger picture looks like. Mm. And if it's so difficult to, to change five value chains with, with three retailers, I... I commend government for taking on this huge task um, to create a difference in the whole textile and apparel industry in South Africa. Um, but if each of us plays our role and government supports us with the funding that we need um, to enable this, slowly, one step at a time, we will create this difference. That's fantastic. So looking at that, if you had to step back and you look at the master plan and all this planning prep and work that's gone into it, where would you say there are opportunities for growth in the cotton industry? Um, for, for us, uh, the cotton industry, and when I speak as a person from, from um, 
cotton South Africa uh, farming level, mm-hmm. we need to we need to increase our volumes. Sixty um, percent of of natural six percent of all fibers in textile and apparel, apparel products is cotton. So right. if you take sixty percent, if you look at in your if you look in front of you and you put a black hole on front of sixty percent of everything in front of you that that has a textile and mm-hmm. a, a hole falls in it, what are you left with? Mm-hmm. Um, a very a very bland picture. At this stage, the biggest problem for the South African farmers is the access to the right seed, because okay. we've got such a big um, um, variety of climate and weather conditions. For every weather condition and type of soil, you need very specific seed. Um, we've got a constraint with with imports and exports and legislation and technology. Um, this could be a, a, a interview on its own. Um, mm-hmm. It's not that easy. It's, I, someone said, but why don't you just go and buy a packet of seed and bring it in? Um, it's regulated with laws and, and regulations and mm-hmm. patenty laws and a, a lot of technical stuff. So at this stage, we are not permitted to bring in the right seed. Oh. I think very difficult to imp- to compete against international countries that have access to all those seed. So for us, um, before anything else can start, we need to be able to to get the seed into the ground. With Mm. with that, um, the input cost of planting cotton is way higher than any other farming activity. When you you do a maize or or corn or any other... um, crop, you can use the same equipment for more than yeah. one seed variety. For cotton, you can only use a cotton spinner or harvester to be cotton. One okay. of those machines are up to 16 million rand. Um, so mm. so it, make, it makes it very expensive. Um, because of the process from, from plant to, to um, ginning, to grading, to selling off the, the fiber, it takes a very long period for the farmer to, we say, from from seed, planting seed to money in your hand. Mm-hmm. They do get, get um, a vast payment on a certain percentage um, based on a general um, calculation of what the previous quality was. And then after the grading and the selling, um, they, they get their final payment. But it makes it difficult for farmers to to sustain this in the long run. Um, so we government also plays a role is in, in our smallholder development programs, assisting the smallholder farmers with the input costs mm-hmm. and um, access to seed. Because if you're a small farmer, the volumes don't bring the huge profit. We've got amazing mm-hmm. partnerships with, with big corporates in South Africa, also um, supporting our small farmer programs. And then we've got a commercial farmer in, in the Jocini um, area who literally buys up all the cotton from the smaller older farmer. So it's cash in hand every week. As okay. you deliver your, your bale of cotton, um, you get your money. And through that initiative and the support of the South African breweries, um, we've managed to sign up 2,000 smaller and older farmers for this season. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. And, uh, 
amazingness of, of the small farmer project is that 80% of those are, are women and youth. Um, wow. So for us, our farmers actually are, are female farmers. Um, on, on commercial uh, level, they they traditionally male farmers, but um, run as, as companies and corporates. But for our smallholder farmer project, which is getting amazing momentum, um, also aligned to the master plan. So that is another area where, where government can, can play a role. So for us, even before we look at the rest of the value chain, that's actually addressed through the master plan, looking at the spinning capabilities, increasing spinning mills, um, bringing in new technology training, looking at the whole um, fabric manufacturing um, industry with new strategies um, aligned there, then going to manufacturing um, because that it's the end part of the of the value chain. Well, if I say end, that's me sitting from from a farm level, and um, mm. that's getting the attention. But the bigger message out there is, we don't have seed. If we don't have seed, the farmers can't plant cotton. If we can't mm. plant cotton, you've got sixty percent holes in your in your in your um, textile and apparel pipeline, or you're going to sit with imports. We're going to be. Um, and, and you're saying that's because of regulations. We just can't get this, the right seed into the country. It's it's a it's a huge discussion. Um, so it, it will be unfair for me to say it's only regulation, it, but it is based on regulation. So okay. um, imports and exports of of any seed is regulated. It needs to be tested. It needs to be researched. Um, there's there's uh, at this stage. Um, and I don't want to use this platform um, to fight to fight an no. international fight, but it's um, amalgamations of big corporates, only yeah. technology, and in the biggest scope of everything, cotton is small. If you yeah. look at other crops internationally, the cotton in the cotton um, impact in South Africa is small. So for us, it's just like. These people that keep on complaining at the back, we don't really have time for them now. But for us, that's our survival. That's I'm the only you. thing that farmer in the dry area can plant. That's what's feeding his, his people, his children, which is providing a, a work to a very, very small community. Mm. So to the, to the big guns in, in the international arenas, we might be a small little stone in their shoes. But to us, that's the rock that we build our industry on. Yeah, true, true. So one last question. If you were a South African designer today, what would you do to, how would you go about including more SA cotton into your range and how could you do that? Um, we've got, got amazing relationships with SA designers and all of them very much want to use um, local cotton and specifically uh, local grown cotton in their fabric. Um, the affordability mm. of that makes it difficult. But to start small and and um, know your know your value chain. As a designer, you you've got a lot of um, influence over over what happens behind you. Um, identif identify your value chain. Sit around the table with the different role players. And make sure when you get to the point of selling your item that you sell a story. You don't sell an item. So yes. if you know where your 
where your um, fiber comes from, hopefully natural fiber. If, if you know um, where it was processed, um, what the content of your fabric is, at the end of the day, you go to a retailer or a merchandiser or, or a boutique and you sell a story. You sell, yes. the, you sell the change you created in someone's life. Um, you don't sell a skirt or a jacket or a dress. Um, so we've, we've with um, South African Fashion Week, we just embarked at the end of last year in a program with the um, Embassy of, of Italy, where we did a, um, a joint venture program with uh, Cotton SA, Wool and Moe um, to support three identified um, fashion designers in South Africa and three in Italy, where they, they paired them and trained them and took them through this whole process of um, getting the, the item on the, on the fashion walkway at the end of the day. So, um, and it's eye-opening. These people, and I, yeah. I say ch children, um, compared to no. me, these, these are young people, and, and they don't understand where the fabric they work with comes from. So to me, that's a big thing. Um, yeah. Know your fabric and know where it comes from, um, and know, know what the impact of that is at the end of the day um, in people's lives and on the environment, and choose natural fibers. <laughs> I, I love that. I think that's such a great, great way to end off. I really have so enjoyed our chat because I think at the end of the day, we have lost so much respect for the farmer and the soil and the seed and what that goes to and where it goes and the journey that that little seed has in making dreams come true is, is just, it's just phenomenal. And it's something we need to build the story we need to tell more of. But at the end of the day, the, the, the cotton yarn is the silver thread that weaves everything together. Um, so it's looking, looking at a lot of little um, threads of yarn and you're building this strong safety net that keeps us all, um, all covered up in a blanket and warm every night. Mm. Tanya, that's fantastic. Tanya, thank you very much for your time. Keep doing your amazing work with SA Cotton. And we just hope that we go through the master plan, we just cotton SA cotton industry just grows and we see more and more of it on our shelves and on our backs. And and Derek, thank you for the opportunity um, to speak to you today and, and also to share our story and hopefully through this um, to create some awareness on, on the complexity that is actually um, behind every garment you purchase. Yes. Thank you very much, Tanya. Keep well. <laughs>